0: Come back to take one the podcast that brings you just one pure page of Talmud a day, and the issue of purity is one that is first and foremost on the rabbis' minds in today's daf Pesachim eighteen. Let's read a little bit. As we learned in a Mishnah, on that day when they appointed Rabbi Azar ben Azariah the Nasi, Rabbi Akiva taught and every earthenware vessel into which any of them falls whatever is in it shall be impure or itama itama and you shall break it the verse does not say it is impure tame rather it says it shall be impure itama indicating that an item in an impure earthenware vessel transmits impurity to other items that got me thinking about this notion of impurity and transmission which in our days of COVID struck me as almost a bit too close to comfort. And to talk about this today is one of my favorite rabbis, Rabbi Jonathan Morgenstern of Young Israel in Scarsdale. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Liel. It's my pleasure. And so Rabbi Morgenstern, tell us, it's very easy in these uncertain, anxious, plague-ridden times to sort of read everything that has to do with impurity and transmission. Impure status is almost kind of a metaphor for disease, right? it some kind of a grand stand-in for COVID. So help us set the record straight. How does this issue of impurity work and how might we incorporate it into our modern thinking now that ritual purity and impurity don't play that much of a role in most of our lives?
1: So it's a great question. Um, and in fact, I do. Uh, I've emulated you, Leah, a little bit. And I'm doing, I don't call it a podcast because I'm not as technologically savvy. But I do a, what I call a daily dose, where I give a little phrase, little saying for the day from the sayings of our sages, of, you know, midrash, et cetera. And I explain it, you know, as it relates to to our daily lives. And today, I go from Aleph through Tuf, Monday through uh, Friday. And today is tough, and the uh, the phrase was tuma de that ritual impurity is kind of pushed off; it falls away for the sake of the community. In the sense that nowadays, since all of us are so to speak, when it comes to the laws of defiling uh, oneself to a uh, a deceased person, coming in contact with the corpse, or you know that's the major one, or there's you know, impurity with regard to coming in contact with a, a charrette, a, uh, a creepy crawly uh, insect, things like that. So we come in contact with these things all the time. And therefore, purity, these laws of Tumantara don't really apply to us anymore. We think about it in reference to a Kohen, right? A Kohain can't go into a cemetery but the reality is all of us aren't supposed to really do those things or engage in these kinds of contact situations because it would confer a Tuma status on us. obviously, the the most major area where it exists is if there's Kohanim, and then obviously there's women and mikvah, which is a really a beautiful representation of what it means to sanctify life and the ability. To give life, and you know, going into a mikvah. Like nowadays, you have you know, men might go into a mikvah before Shabbos or before some whatever, and it's just they could go into a swimming pool. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't. Some people do, or a jacuzzi it doesn't really, but it doesn't really matter, right? The only people nowadays that really, if they're accomplishing something from a on a you know biblical to level, really are are women in, in this regard in terms of tahara, and actually you'll have it also with the conversion process. So that's really like Tuma and Tarsa, what does it have to do with our lives? And on some level, it's like, well, yeah, it's a non-issue. It doesn't really matter. And I think what's fascinating, actually, is that as we head towards uh, Hanukkah in the next few days, this question is actually a major theme of the beauty of Hanukkah, because the Nagavis, the Chashmonaim, who we know, they were Kohanim themselves, they were all tameim lanefesh adam they were all defiled the onto corpse uh, impurity they were coming from war i don't think they were just beating them up or you know it wasn't a right. cartoon this was real and they come in and they're looking for this jar of oil and they say oh all the oil is is defiled it's all tame." But the reality is, all of them were Temeim nefesh. They could have lit whatever oil they wanted to. But the beauty of Hanukkah is that they said, look, we were already so far gone. We were already so assimilated. We we're already really losing our sense of Taharav, Kiddushav, Jewish identity and sanctity. We're going to go with that little jug and we're going to find that little pure jug, and that's what we're going to light. And it's really a celebration of Taharav. But again, what does this have to do with us today? The answer is. As you said, right, we're living in the world of Tuma and Tahara on so many levels. It's like when we say, like, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now. Well, do we really? We want Mashiach. Yes, I do. But guess what? There are going to be all of these different laws that you have to start figuring out. Well, if I came into <laughs> contact with this and this person touched this person and then this person touched that, but then there's there's the Av Hatuma, Right. The main source of tumor. There's the ritual tuma. tumor, the person who came in contact with them. Then there's the shaney, Then there's a the shlishi. Then there's even a
0: revi for certain consecrated foods and consecrated things. And next thing you know, you need contact tracing for tumor to figure out who touched what. Exactly. And I think that's
1: the whole point. You know, I'm doing another little thing. I drop a little WhatsApp shear once a week and it's about Mashiach because everyone's like thinking about Mashiach and what, so we're learning, you know, the Rambam Maimonides on Hilchot Malachim, who talks about what's gonna happen in the time of the messianic era. And he talks about how, you know, there are certain things that are positives. The fact that there's a Judeo-Christian world, a Judeo-Christian ethic, the fact that Christianity, Islam, they're familiar with biblical concepts, with Concepts that you know come from, as we say, the mother ship, right, of Judaism. Saying all of these things are good things. Why? Because one day, when the Mashiach comes, the Messiah comes, will everyone, not just Jews, will understand the language of God, the language of monotheism, the language of the values that we hold and you know so dear. And I think this is what's happening now. All of a sudden, you're going to understand what it means to be the Avi Avod Hatuma, right? That's uh, Tuma made. Abi the father of all Tuma. That's the person. Who's that? Let's pursue COVID. I was literally right before you called an hour ago. I'm dealing with a case exactly of this. Okay, this person just got COVID. Okay, I was next to him for how long? For in what? In what capacity? What about the people uh, that were in contact with him and so on and so forth? And it really is. Kind of preparing us <laughs> for <laughs> life, like It's like, oh, do I really
0: want Michelle to come back? <laughs> you know? Forget an epidemiologist. What we need is a great Talmudic scholar to help us through this. <laughs> it's true.
1: I give you. I give you another another piece, which is really fascinating. When all of this started, so you know, right where I'm from, Scarsdale. So next door to us in New Rochelle, obviously, we know COVID didn't start in New Rochelle. The media likes to say it did. Maybe the governor does too. But, you know, for the most part, right, people know, right, it happened. And, you know, we were a containment zone. We had the National Guard brought in. It was like, it was wild. And when it's all starting, I remember calling a rabbi of mine, a Posek, a major world-renowned Posek, who was in Israel at the time. And this is like right before Purim. And I'm starting to think, I'm trying to think to myself, how am I going to do Megillah reading? How am I, right? Because this is all coming out. And I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. So he says to me, John, tell me, what is this? Like, what's happening? What's the connection? I said, I said, Rabbi, you have no idea. I said, do you know what they're saying? The, the like space, you know, that you can't be within, right? Direct exposure is six feet. He goes, six feet? I said, yeah, Dalit <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Daladamos almost four cubits is six feet. It's one and a half, generally one and a half cubits of, and it's wild. It's 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 Talmudic halachic terminology in practice. And then it, you could go further, right? Then you talk about what they call quarantine in Israel, bidud, right? I'm, I'm going in quarantine. Where's that from? Those are from the laws of the mitzvah, the tzaras padaya right? shave he shall he shall sit alone he should quarantine himself for seven days oh and by the way right there is a 14 week thing kind of thing also and by the way right the the CDC just came out with the the latest guideline is no well, seven days you're good faya shave seven days then you could test out and you could go on your merry way it's unbelievable
0: well we are very fortunate both to have such a treasure trove of knowledge at our disposal and to have you help us make sense of it. Rabbi Morgenstern, thank you so much for being our guest.
1: Thank you. A pleasure.
0: This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes, Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.